done it now. I have done it now. Just when you thought you could get rid of us, you can't. We're here. We are doing a show. We did not do a show last week. Apologies. I got the uh, the COVID. I'm still currently having it, but better. And uh, but we're here. We're this. I'm Kenny yeah. Stevenson. I'm Alex Enriquez, and I'm just thankful to be out of the emergency bunker I was sent to as a matter of protocol. We we agreed when we started the show that if one of us was stricken, the other would be completely isolated and separated in a secure facility in order to keep a continuity of power. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just glad yeah. to be out of. I'm just glad to be out of the bunker. Frankly, <laughs> it's great. It's been really great. I'm just just was spectacular experience with COVID. Just and if by spectacular I mean horrific. But we're coming out the other end, and what better way to celebrate by talking about all things in the nerd culture, in the nerd space, in fandom? This is um, this is capes. And in this, in this is- we, we yeah we've been we've been taking a calling it. I, I actually how about the cape space? Everything you need to know in the cape space. How about that? Cape space. I love that. This is um, superheroes wear capes. Uh, people in outer space wear capes. Uh, Elvish people, people in fantasy land are wearing capes. So this is if it if it if the content has a cape, we're most likely going to start talking about it. Yeah, if if it's got a cape, you can't escape, and that's that's something else I've been kind of kicking around. I like we didn't miss a beat. You know, sometimes you think, mm-hmm. you know, you you take a week off and you never know what's going to happen. That timing might be, you know, sometimes if someone gets an injury in a sports, you know, you got to come in and. Is that timing going to be off? But no, we just picked right back off as if there was like nothing happened. No, but yeah, something like, totally happened. I was out cold with COVID, but we're back. We're here. It's happening. It's great. Kenny, Kenny is Kenny is Kenny is saying long COVID. Who the only thing long in in the <laughs> Stevenson household is my big old dick. That's what Kenny said about COVID. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what you said. But anyway, anyway. Uh, we're doing a show and if I have brain fog, it'll happen. Um, so this week we had promised like weeks ago that we're going to do Aquaman. So we are eventually going to talk about Aquaman today. Uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, most of the quick hits. It's going to be all the, the amazing trailers we got during the big old, the big game, the big shindig between the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs and the Eagles and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, which Go I'm birds sorry. next year. Yeah. Hey. That was no holding call, as far as I'm concerned. Nope. It, it's everybody that everybody that doesn't wear red that knows about football that I've seen or heard from has said, "Yeah, that's not really done." Except in this case, where the the referees wanted to make it about them. But you know what? This isn't this isn't about football. This isn't about well, the Warriors on the field. This is about the Warriors of our imagination and how yes. how many how many of them we're going to get to spend time with over the coming year, as evidenced by this this flash flood. <laughs> Uh, pun, intended, <laughs> pun intended of uh, of trailers that we got at the, uh, the big game. So let's just dive in with what you know. We always have to hit the quick bits of nerd news. We call it quick hits, and here comes the stinger. Quick, 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 quick hits. My favorite piece of media. My favorite piece of media <laughs> in the world. Gorgeous. My week is not complete without seeing Alex and I in a Zoom window to each other. Pointing at the sky while we wait, we pause for a music cue that we can't hear. That, but you, the you, the listener, can. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. So we had we just were just given a a barrage of trailers and commercial. Some of them are called full trailers. Some of them were commercials telling you to go watch the trailer. Some of them were just little half hour tidbits. But we got a lot of trailers. I think the biggest one 
not the one that I'm most excited about, but I think the one that has the internet's all abuzz has to be undoubtedly the first full trailer for The Flash. And yeah, this movie, um, you know, we've been talking about it a lot because it's an extremely troubled production and, you know, it's, 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 it has to be said before we dive into this, that there is a fully completed movie that DC is not releasing that features also features Michael Keaton that, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't have a uh, troubled star in the uh, in the cast as the titular character of the film and that one in we are seeing and we're not seeing and this one we are. So it's Ezra Miller. They are a extremely problematic human being. Uh, they are supposedly doing the work and that's all we can ask someone to do. Um, you know, we can't just write someone off eternally for what they've done. If they are showing some remorse for what they have done and they're working on it, we have to take them at their face value for that. But that being said, what do you think about this trailer? Uh, I, just to add on to your remarks, I think, yeah, you, it, you, you get to tip a cap to somebody who is finally choosing to right wrongs, but you also get to say, this person is not somebody that I wish to add to the signal of in any way. Sure. That, yeah. That's, that's kind of how I make my, you know, I, I, if, if I don't publicly cancel shame or boycott, I just know in my own personal life that I'm not going to add my attention, my energy, my money to their effort or signal. And that's, and that's just, you know, personal choice to kind of keep my own porch as clean as possible. That said, I think I gotta see this part of my French fucking movie. They, they, I I, I know. It is so so so, hard to say, but yes. Oh god, Ezra, you've done it, you rat bastard. Um (laughs) no, I I I, even even the glimpses of the take on the character that they're they're doing, which I've said in previous podcasts, not a fan of Ezra Miller's take on Barry Allen, but the glimpses of Barry that we saw in the trailer were way more in line with the person that I I've been reading my whole life. I've been actually been reading a little bit this week about, you know, more classic Barry Allen tales. And I'm just encouraged, uh, you know, in a vacuum, of course, as much as we can separate the art from some of the artists, this looks cool as hell. And Michael Keaton swooping in. That was, and, I, I can't and, even like get my brain. Oh, it, it, I, I, I just like we've gone so far so fast. These gardens used to be so walled off, and now like, well, uh, you know, who gives a shit? Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of work and the amount of times that Andrew Garfield doing press for the eyes of Tammy Faye and doing press for Tick Tick Boom and is like doing Oscar press because he was nominated for Tick Tick Boom. Like all the amount of appearances and he had to be like, I'm a uh, guys. Um, it's like, we're playing werewolf and I'm not the werewolf and he, all this stuff. And we held the, whereas Warner brothers is just like, Oh no, he's in the movie. Here, here we go. <laughs> well, <laughs> Steph, we're, we're not going to fucking make you uh, part of my French, make you worry about it. You, here he is. Mark, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Not only is he in the movie, but guess what? In the first trailer, we're going to, we're going to have him say I'm Batman and you're going to all lose your minds, which is what happened when he said, I'm Batman. I almost cried. Yeah, it was just, and, and God bless Michael Keaton. The delivery that, that line reading is just something else, but I, uh, amazing. Yeah. It, I will say it's a false equivalence uh, that, you know, 
Spider-Man's Q rating in terms of his familiarity around the world as a piece of IP is, you know, it's like Mickey Mouse, Superman, Spider-Man. True. Whereas, whereas, so Batman's not that far underneath there, bro. (laughs) But you know who is lower is the Flash, and so you need to pump some Batman into your Flash movie so people go, "Who's this guy in the red?" Oh, Batman! I know Batman. Cool. Oh, and it's a Batman I really know. Even better. Yeah. Like because they showed they did they did show us Ben Affleck, which is the the Batman that everyone's like, oh. I'm a. I have no issues with Batfleck at all. I don't. I'm not I think he's the fine. biggest fan of his Bruce Wayne, but I love the. I love the design of the character that they that they used for his version, and I his physicality in the suit and the way they choreographed the fights. There's nothing wrong with screen Batfleck. I except actually for think, some. I actually I like his uh, Bruce Wayne. Actually, I think he's the only one who's kind of like. I mean, I think Bale is great, and Keaton. I think Bale and Keaton are kind of like on their own as like nailing it across the board i do i do like like think affleck has because maybe just because he has in his own life has been kind of like a billionaire playboy (laughs) it like yeah it kind of works he plays too much of the darkness i think that the iconic i mean in both like the best batman ever is kevin conroy and his take on you know that that the voice he would use when he was batman but then as bruce wayne he he was this guy up here kind of like and not that you need to have the, i mean it's obviously a cartoon but i need a bit more of a doofy bruce wayne because he's he's also got to be the guy that every average citizen in gotham says well yeah i know he could he has all the money in the world to be able to be batman but look at the guy you know ben affleck's bruce wayne seems a little too capable that's a good point I, yeah, I'm always a big fan of like people. I remember somebody being like, "Why do they have to be all gravelly with their voice?" I'm like, "Because they're disguising it." Come on. Yes, he's Bruce Wayne's a famous billionaire. If, you know, yeah. not that I know what I mean. I, I know what Elon Musk sounds like if he dropped off a skyscraper oh in front God. of me and said, "Don't give, don't give him any now. ideas. Don't give him any ideas. We don't need to think Elon Musk is like." Oh, you know what I could be doing is fighting crime. <laughs> no, 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 Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. No, we need to. We need to. We need Elon Musk to lean into night vigilantism because it's the quickest way for him to fall off let's the just earth. say accidentally <laughs> take himself out of the equation. <laughs> you know, you know, he'll have like rocket boots and he'll splatter himself against the side of a building. Or oh, for something. sure, it was like uh, it's like the dude in um, uh, Mark Rylance's character in Don't Look Up, who was like, "Oh yeah, I can, I can stop that asteroid," and then it immediately breaks and everyone dies. Um, Look up. Anyway, uh, yeah, this this trailer was we got we got two different Batmans. We definitely have Ben Affleck's. We saw Bruce Wayne, but then we saw a Batman riding around on a motorcycle. I'm fairly certain that's 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 Ben Affleck. That's not that's that's Batfleck. Yeah, that's Batfleck. And then in a blue and gray costume, which is which is comics accurate and kind of cool. And then we, yeah, we did, we got General Zod. They got Michael Shannon to come back and play General Zod. And it looks so, we're definitely getting Flashpoint, which we've been talking about for a long time, which is uh, Barry Allen tries, figures out that he can go back in time using the Speed Force and he's going to go stop his mom from uh, being murdered. So then his dad can't be framed for the murder and to reunite his family it seems like he's probably going to achieve that, but there's going to be some things that go wrong. One of which seems to be that since there was no Superman, he says there's been, there's no, there's no metahumans, which then implies that since there's no Superman to stop general Zod, general Zod can just roll up to earth and do whatever. 
And then the only thing we get from the trailer is want some help. We get Michael Keaton in and it's just everything goes crazy. Now, do you think they held anything back? Do you think there's more people who could show up in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, we've we've said it before. And I, I mean, obviously the window is closing, but in order to make things fit into the new the new kind of DC vision, there's the sky's the limit. If they cast the new Superman tomorrow, they could shoot stuff with him to put into the edits of this movie. Like, Whew. so I think, I think that there has to be something in reserve. Um, there's also the idea that this was kind of weird. I, I saw the trailer that they showed the 52nd version that they showed during the game. Yeah. Go to YouTube, see the full version. I go to that version. I'm like, wait a minute. There's stuff that's not in this. Yes. That's true. There's three or four shots that are in the 52nd version that aren't in the full two and a half minute version, which is very strange. But uh, I think just given that, given how willing they've been to show some of the big swings, they've got to have some even some like fun cameos in reserve. I would hope so. I mean, if, John if we Wesley ship put George Clooney as Batman. I, f I don't I dare you. Dare you, you cowards. Do, do it. it, you cowards. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's just, just, just his, his coming foretold with a silicone nipple, and then we all gasp, like, oh, Let's do it. Yes. oh it's him. The collective gasp. We've got more trailers to talk about. The other big trailer that I, this is the movie that I'm very, very excited about, and we talked about how the first trailer was very kind of dark for a, a, a line of films that are normally pretty light and fun. This most recent trailer was more of that ilk. It's the Guardians of the God. Oh God, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that was very hard for me to say. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three trailer, um, which I thought was great. I think it was really kind of like this. The first one was like, it's dark. Just letting you know the story's all coming. This one was definitely a little more light. And I will say, let's just. Let's just call him Peter Quill, so that way we don't have to talk about the man behind the the character. Uh, <laughs> it seems like Quill, and then the poster they released too, at certain parts of the trailer has lost a ton of weight. I don't know. Did you notice that? No. When you get to the part, like look at the the poster they released, and there's some parts where so we didn't get any Gamora in the first trailer, and we got some Gamora. We got some of Peter Quill saying like, "I was in love once." Um, she died and, but then she came back and, uh, she's a little bit more of a dick and it's like, yeah, they're talking and he is wearing this like kind of short sleeve shirt at one point and he looks skinnier. So I'm wondering, like, there's a lot of questions about what we're going to be seeing in this film. Yeah. I, I mean, with James Gunn's new career prospects and, I think that it's been acknowledged publicly that Dave Batista is not coming back. Like what's on the other side of this for this corner of, I mean, I, I so they're obviously setting up Adam, Adam Warlock who yep. could have legs and longevity out there in the universe. They set up Eros. I just think that uh, it'll, I, I think I'm curious to see who's guarding the galaxy after this. Like who's our window into this corner of the Marvel universe that they've been, carefully tending since guardians guardians of the galaxy yeah and, and do they and do they is that an area where they can they can you know through this kind of more eternals focused angle really build out the cosmic the cosmic aspects of the marvel cinematic universe and and who well, I, I guess my question is who from this current 
you know, cast of characters is going to make that transition. Who do we keep? I mean, I think Karen Gillan is an obvious includer. Um, she, she, I, th- I thought her inclusion in the, uh, the infinity war stuff was so cool. And I really appreciated like her, her performance through that. Um, yeah, but, I, I go ahead. And do we have a star Lord on the other side of this? Well, that's like, there was definitely a point which we've seen in both trailers now where Nebula is carrying star Lord who looks straight up dead. Like his body is limp. It is not like she's she's carrying him and he's like holding on he is his hands are all the way off his show off you know laying limp off the side so there's something there and there's also that shot that's in both trailers too of like you know chris pratt like screaming as if he's been told he can no longer storm the Capitol. and (laughs) (laughs) he's he's actually screaming where we go when we go all yeah (laughs) yes um yeah, that, yeah. That's that's the, the interesting thing about this movie is that yeah, so we obviously Dave Bautista is gone. They said that this is the last one that James Gunn is doing, but we do know that this is all leading to Secret Wars, and Secret Wars is we need we need teams. We we need teams. Everyone's going to be fighting everyone in Secret Wars if it's the Secret Wars that's happening. So whichever version of Secret Wars in the comics it is, like people, different groups fighting each other. So we need. We need an Avengers. We needed the Thunderbolts. We need the Guardians. We need the Eternals. We need Young Avengers. We need kind of legacy characters that are probably going to show up. Like, the, obviously, of course, the X Men, the Fantastic Four. We need to have teams to go against each other. So we can't just like say goodbye to all of these characters. I Do you think anyone's going to die in this movie? I, I mean, I don't know. I was just thinking about Star Lord and how he's like half an eternal or something like that. Like his dad, whatever. So what is, what does death even look like for him? And could it look like, uh, I don't know, like a doctor who transition. Like you just, he's, it's the same character with a different name performed by a different actor. Like, Oh, part of me was Peter Quill. Now I'm something else. I don't know if there's precedent for that in the, uh, in the Marvel universe or they anything. Said but... in the, they said in the second one, they said in volume two that if he killed his father, he would lose his powers. So he might not be still considered like half eternal anymore. Oh, well then never mind. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I, th- I think we, we have known more going into these things about people's contracts and whatnot than we do before do we know if chris pratt has any more contracted movies i don't know i'm sure um i don't i don't know dave batiste is the only person who's just like straight up like i'm done it's been so great thank you i'm done i don't want to do this anymore so i gotta figure like a lot of these people could be had i mean that's like i'm saying you're not gonna <coughs> i'm sorry i'm i've have covid um they these people like like i said for these movies coming up for both kang dynasty and uh uh, Secret Wars, they they need players, they need pieces. So they're not just going to like get rid of a pro- like all like you know there's like at this point if you include um Sean Gunn's character whose name is escaping me Craglin. Uh, yeah, if you if you include Craglin there's like seven people in the Guardians. You're not just going to like say well they're all none of them are on the table for you know what I mean? Like yeah. You're going to want them be- also because they play that was the kind of the joy 
of Infinity War, which is kind of why Infinity War, like as an overall movie, is kind of better than Endgame, even though Endgame is a, like a more satisfying because it's 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 kind of its own thing, because it's this conclusion of everything. Infinity War is so great because it was just like, okay, we have all these pieces here. What happens if we put this person over here and mix these two people together? And of course, when Rocket sees um, Bucky, he's going to want his arm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you get to have all that play. And I just, I can't imagine a world where they're like, nope, all the guardians are off the table. Like, that's just, I I just don't know. It's, it's. Yeah, who knows who makes it out of this? But it's it is definitely I do like you. I like those moments where people are capitalizing on the toys they get to play with. Like, oh, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. cool if this guy had to fight this guy, or oh, they had this conversation because your helmet looks like this or whatever, you know? Yeah, and that's and that's I mean that's that's comics. That's what we love about team ups and comics. Anyway, we're doing great. Um, <laughs> a couple more. <laughs> couple more uh trailers we saw we saw a, another this was just one of the 32nd trailers we saw for uh indiana jones dial of destiny which we got a little bit a lot of information actually packed into 30 seconds worth of and we weren't only only kind of rehashed a couple of clips from the main trailer but we we had him say he accused of mads mickelson's character of being a nazi um, so that kind of would assume what was that was kind of a thing that was being assumed was that this movie was going to be about Nazis again. And because he is a former Nazi and he is trying to restore glory, hence, this is continuing the idea that this is going to be about time travel. Um, we saw some some decent shots of some de-aging, which I thought worked really well. I don't know. what I'm, it's, I'm, I think it's go ahead. It's getting better, I think. I, I, I have to rewatch the the uh, Indiana Jones trailer, but I feel like they're, I mean, obviously they're further along in the post-production process. They're cleaning and cleaning. It looks even, it seemed to me that there were even separate discrete pieces of de-aging. Like there's a, yes, there's a, a, a lost arc, maybe a pre-lost arc uh, indie and also a last crusade indie or somebody maybe a little older than last crusade indie, certainly not current, 93 year old Harrison Ford. He's 80, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm only I'm only 80 years old. No, when that that when that point where he turns and he's like, Are you still a Nazi? And the and the the main score, bum bum bum, kicked in. I was like, done. Just take my money, it's fine. Play the score and show him throwing a whip. I don't care. Great. And then it ends with him falling out of a plane with Phoebe Waller Bridge. We're still been getting a ton of her in these trailers, which scares me. It makes me think that maybe that people think she's not testing well, but we haven't been getting a ton of her, but I, yeah, that it could be that they're just trying to figure out the most testable version of her to put in the movie and can't include any of the footage in the trailers. Well, I think there's obviously like the whole mud of it all. Like, you know, they, people hated mutt so much and, I I hear it and I'm here for it, but to me it's like it's Phoebe Waller Bridge, like she's wrote and starred in arguably the greatest season of television I've ever seen. She she's a she's not gonna inline her, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, if she if I watch the movie and she's straight up like annoying and a mutt level character, I'll eat my words. But I just I don't see how that's possible. But I could see because of like you know weak-willed fanboy i don't like when a lady says things like you know what i mean i don't like when a lady talks in my indiana jones movie is probably what dorks are writing on their feedback cards like that worries me a little bit 
but I hope they just kind of let her cook. That's let her cook and do her thing. I mean, yeah, it it could literally just be, hey, we've only got so many marketing minutes. We got to maximize Harrison Indeed. Ford's back, and look, he's younger. Harrison Ford, and he's younger. I, I don't know that, the, especially the uh, yeah. the audience watching the big game is quite as tuned into Miss Fleabag as maybe some other folks, and so her. Are you it's, telling me that people who are like still in 2023 doing the tomahawk chop are aren't watching Fleabag? <laughs> the, yeah, they might not be tuned into this, you know, transatlantic, uh, you know, darkly humorous offering uh, from a from a woman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially where the, her main love interest is a priest. Um, <laughs> do you? We talked about the, the fast movies a little bit. Did you watch the Fast X trailer? Uh, yeah, I kind of had it on in the background and and was was struck by. I mean, these these movies are now just a, a clown car of celebrities. <laughs> oh my like, god! They I just, was going to say the same thing. Like everybody, I'm like, oh, they, oh yeah, that's right. He, I was I was thinking about Ludacris yesterday, and I was like, does he do anything except Fast and Furious movies? He that doesn't even do mu- music anymore. He just no. does Fast and Furious movies. And they got them all in there. Yeah, at one point, like Brie Larson shows up, and I'm like, sure, why yeah. not? Yeah, her, yeah, sure. No. And then I'm like, oh, Jason Momoa is in this. And then I was like, oh, no, Jason Momoa, I guess, was in the fifth one. I I, I I halfway expected to blink my eyes and then find myself walking into the backyard where the family meeting is. Oh, we just needed actors. Like, everybody's in it. Like, I oh, know. shit, I'm, I got, okay. <laughs> Everyone's in the trailer. Jason, Jason Statham shows up and <laughs> yeah. Helen Mirren. And I'm, it's hilarious that, like, Statham was in Hobbs and Shaw and we have one of them and the other one is, 1000% not going to be in the movie. <laughs> so. well, well, you know, it's all about family and sometimes people leave families and that's how families work. Dwayne the Rock Johnson left Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. Left the family. You know that you know when they the main reason that they one of their like tiffs on set was because they both have it in their writers, Vin Diesel and Dwayne the Rock Johnson that they can't be on screen shown on screen losing a fight. And yeah. uh, they had to fight in that movie. So it's like, how do they, how does that escalate to a point that still furthers the plot? Neither one of them wanted to lose. And I'm just like, oh my God. I, actually, I don't know this what's is, bigger, your head or your ego. Hey, oh. Th- this is a complete sidebar, but so I, I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember who they were, pardon me, but they brought up the idea that, and I found this to be oddly progressive in a way, but like, do you ever see The Rock kiss anybody? Oh yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, someone said, "Yeah, no, he never ha- he never has love interest ever." So it's about it's like the women in the movies that he that are in the movies with him aren't love interests. He's not trying to. They're like in there with him. And, yes, and that seems to and that seems to be like just a part of things. And I'm like, how? Like I've I've heard nothing but women and men describing how much they want to have sex with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh really? He seems and like just, it seems like it would like he would just hurt you. He's he's too big. He's too big of a human being in my as far as I'm concerned. No, I I think it would be just right. Well, you're you're a, you're a little bit of a bigger boy than me, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd see. I'd I'd let him take me around the block. Anyway, I would be it, genuinely you know, scared. I would be genuinely scared. <laughs> he's a, yeah. Now I mean now especially I think maybe uh. The Rock of maybe five or six years ago, before the Iron Paradise stuff, before he was so like oh, before like the, before looking. the HGH like took hits the veins alone are like bigger than my arms. It's it's yeah, tough. he's he's really yeah, hard. The, 
the vascularity oh. is is tough to look at. Yeah, oh, he, he's going to die. There's there, there, the blood's not pumping properly to his heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know this is it. Um, what a show! I know we're killing it. A uh, couple more. Real, I just want to hit these ones. These quick hits, really quick, because we had some great uh, trailer talk there. Uh, a casting announcement. Uh, Emma Cronin, who uh, was played Princess Diana in the uh, Olivia Coleman seasons of The Crown, has apparently been cast in Deadpool 3. We have no idea what she is playing, but the Marvel had said that Kevin Feige had said that, oh, we'd always wanted to work with her and couldn't find the right project. And then genuinely surprised that Deadpool 3 is the right project. It's uh, I'm trying to think, I, you know, Deadpool's not the biggest, uh, the biggest character in my reference library, but I'm trying to think amongst the strong female characters outside of those that we've already seen his love interest, Domino. The only I name love, that's oh my God, I want up, Zazie Beats. I loved Zazie Beats as Domino. I thought she was funny. Oh, that was, yeah. Terrific. Uh, um, but I, th- is she Gwenpool or is that two rights? Messy? That's what, that's what people were trying to like throw out there. It was Gwenpool, but I think that's two rights messy. Cause that's like Marvel making, well, they, like they have the Fox stuff, but how, how do they, how would they have split those rights before? Well, it's Sony Gwen Stacy as a, as a, it's a Spider-Man character as an X-Men character. I think it goes, and I'm not just saying this because Sony writes my checks. I believe if the character originated from the Spider-Man comics, Sony has it. Okay. Like Sony can bring in, that's why like Benedict Cumberbatch can appear because of the deal with Disney, but it doesn't go the other way. Gotcha. Like Disney can't be like, okay, great, we're Spider-Man's in this, and now we're gonna put Craven. Aaron Taylor Johnson is gonna be in Thunderbolts. It doesn't go unless that would be that have to have a whole other special arrangement. Special arrangement, yeah. We got it there, but yeah, I'm excited to see who she's playing. I think she's a wonderful actress. I thought she was absolutely nailed, Princess Di, who is just leave this woman alone for all intents and purposes. Um. Alex, did you see Plane? I didn't. I did see the Plane, and we don't do a lot of action. This is a very Plane is a very much a, a garbage action movie for what the genre is—a garbage plane movie, garbage action. Gerard, it's exactly what you want it to be. It's Gerard Butler. It's called Plane, and stuff happens. They've already announced what the sequel. Is. They're going to make a sequel, and it's going to have Mike Coulter. And I had joked with a few friends that, well, what's the sequel going to be? And I didn't say, do you know? But they announced what the sequel is going to be. Do you know what it's going to be called? Train. Ship. Ah! <laughs> I was close. I had said, what's the sequel going to be? Boat? But they're going with ship. <laughs> ship. And it's going to be starring Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter's character was actually was pretty dang cool in the movie. And it's one of these movies where it's like, you know what? We just, we're just going to introduce these characters and then stuff's going to happen. And that's it. We're not going to go too deep because whatever. You watched a movie called Plane. And that's what it is. And it is what it is. And it was great. And see, now I, we're getting I, now we're getting ship, and they're already going to start shooting it for the end of the year. See, I like that. I think there's room for it, and I think as you know, it again, like I said previously, it's not people making Shakespeare; they're purposefully making anti Shakespeare, and that's what you're going for. It's cotton candy, yeah. and frankly, frankly, it's it's what I always wanted from a superhero film. Where you know, like I've said before about Batman, I think we got close with the Batman, but if you already know these characters, 
Just let him cook, baby. Get get him out there yeah. fighting crime. Let's watch a whole movie of just just whipping ass. Yeah, whip, just whipping ass for three full hours. Like the yeah. Is. Um, one more little piece here. I just added this this morning. Uh, it was announced today that uh, in Captain America Four, Thunderbolt Ross also played by Harrison Ford, rest in peace, William Hurt. He is going to be President Ross in Captain America Four. Intriguing news because he will also be the head of the Thunderbolts in the Thunderbolts. So the president of the United States is going to be running the Thunderbolts. Interesting, right? Well, I think it's one of those. Oh, you're a you're a direct action team that reports directly to me. And you know, we 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 also found out that the Winter Soldier is going to be like the tactical leader of the group. Is going to be the leader of the Thunderbolts. And yep. um, I do, but it's also like you know. Is he going to be Red Hulk and then be in be you know the president Red Hulk in the Thunderbolts? Well, that's what I'm saying. President Harrison Ford has taken down an entire airplane of terrorists as the president in the movie Air Force One. So, so I'm like, are we going to get are we going to get to see that level of Harrison Ford? Like, come on now. I would love I would love it, and in fact, I think it's it's one of those things where we. You know, unfortunately, we lose William Hurt, but we gain somebody with a lot more action film credential. I know. And who's has going to have the grizzled takes like William Hurt had it, too. But hearing like Harrison Ford being like, I don't want to hear about what you superheroes need to do with your day. Like, you know, what I mean? it's going to be so nice. It's gonna be so- <laughs> I, I read this quick this this headline somewhere and apparently anthony mackie sat down with harrison ford and kind of explained the whole marvel universe oh my to god him. good luck <laughs> and and it was reported that pardon my french harrison ford said are you fucking serious <laughs> absolutely tracks that tracks like, that tracks unequivocally of course he said that of course yeah. he said that what else there was i would be surprised if he was like all right i got it you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So the rac- so the raccoon uh, was the w- only one of them who survived uh, from the blip. I came. I got it. <laughs> is 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 Thanos on the screen as canonically in love with death as he is in the comics? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harrison. Harrison. Okay. It's you know he he probably did Star Wars in 1976 and thought. Well, this is the last hurrah for me yeah, and all exactly. this kind of bullshit. <laughs> and, this, and then <laughs> this old gobbledygook that I'm going to be gobbledygook I'm be walking around and talking about space and the force and hyperdrives. I'm, this is the last time I'm doing this for my career. He's going to be sitting there on a set in Atlanta going, you got to scan me so I can play the red what? <laughs> You got to put those dots where my face. Yeah, I like to see you try. <laughs> you you first. Yeah, exactly. You first. Uh, that was quick hits, and that was a half hour's worth of quick hits. And hey, it was great. There was a lot to talk about. Um, Alex, we are on the uh, fan controlled uh, sports and entertainment network. This is the fan controlled TV podcast feed. Um, one piece of sports news for both uh, Kenny and Alex. You do it every week. Alex, what's your piece of sports news? Uh, well, from the world of Formula One racing, yes. uh, we um, we are we're slowly and steadily getting back to the track as we head in a mere mere uh, number of weeks times until the season opener. But we're also back in black. It turns out a Ooh. lot of teams um, following the lead last season of Williams, who stripped uh, their car almost completely of paint as a weight saving measure. 
many teams have adopted the similar strategy, losing up to two to five pounds of extra material from their uh, each each car uh, simply by showing bare carbon fiber. The latest of of these releases, uh, Mercedes, uh, completely almost completely abandoning its iconic silver for a black on electric turquoise look that uh, some race fans, including this one, have found very fetching. Back to you, Kenny. <laughs> Nailed it. You nailed that Thank one. you. That Thank was you. fantastic. Fetching. Thank you. <laughs> Fetching. Uh, my piece of sports news is um, I can talk about the big trades the Lakers made last week. I'm not going to because we, they lost on uh, Monday night. I could talk about Arsenal, but I don't want to because they're playing a little bit below their where they should be. Let's talk about the fact that a brand new football league started by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife slash manager – Danny The Rock Garcia, the XFL kicks off this weekend. We've got all four games, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. We're talking about teams. You have some of the teams from the 2020 version are back. You've got the uh, um, the Houston Roughnecks. You've got the – got to go through the names in my head. The Houston Roughnecks. You've got uh, the Vegas Vipers. They're a new team, new location, but the Vipers were in Tampa Bay before, but now they're in Vegas. You have the Seattle. They used to be the Dragons, and now the Seattle Sea Dragons. The DC Defenders, they're back. They're back, maybe. You have the Arlington Renegades. They were the Dallas Renegades. Now they're the Arlington Renegades. The San Antonio Brahmas. That's that's a, the, the, the bull, the Brahma Bulls. Uh, we have the Orlando Guardians. And we have... Back from 2020, the most successful team, the St. Louis Battlehawks. And uh, it's kicking off. It's going to be on ESPN, FX, and ABC. And uh, I'm uh, going to be watching. I've decided to follow the Seattle Sea Dragons because they took the L.A. We used to have the L.A. Wildcats uh, when they were last around, and they did not give L.A. a team, And which I understand. We've got too many teams, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And Vegas is uh, geographically closer, but uh, I do not care for the town of Las Vegas. So Seattle is where I'm putting my allegiances. So the XFL kicking off this weekend. You know, Kenny, what I find troubling in all this is, you know, as a traditionalist, yep. uh, none of the team's names are an ethnic slur. And uh, hey. I, <laughs> I think that I'm going to have a hard time watching an entire league where where nobody's nobody's team name is a troubling ethnic slur. Or there's no that wouldn't encourage any sort of uh, chant too, or weird uh, chant that is uh, co-opting someone's culture. Yeah, yeah, they've really avoided kind of any sort of uh, you know overtly offensive sort of things, and and I, you know, Frank, we'll see. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> Alex, our biz dev expert, who do you got as our as our big corporate sponsor, as our corporate underwriting for the week? Who do you got for us? Well, I kept it close to home this week for our corporate underwriting. It's actually me. I've gone ahead and and, oh, okay. uh, and taken out the ad time uh, for the the latest printing of my motivational book. Okay, which is called "The Will to Win: Lessons in Leadership and Life from a Leader Who's Lived." Um, <laughs> this is the third printing. And uh, it's oh. available now wherever you get books. Uh, and so just as a, man, a means of promoting it, I want to just you know give you little excerpts from some of the lessons and the rules of, of success. Okay. Um, so the first one is, uh, go big on crypto, they said. It's a fad. I said, turns out we were both right. Lesson number 12, <laughs> always be right. Also, don't eat horse. <laughs> also. Also, don't eat horse. Uh, and the book is just littered with like every time there's a fully fleshed out piece of advice, 
there's also like, oh yeah, by the way, like some throwaway advice, like don't eat horse, which is a good, both, both of those things are good. Yeah, no, it's, again, these are all of the lessons in leadership and life from a leader who's lived. Which is you. That's me. And they can pick it up anywhere you can get books. Hold on, hold on. This is, uh, let me show you what I'm like on the cover. Okay. Hold on, watch. (laughs) Of course you are, yes. Of course you are. He's got his hands, got his hands crossed and he's got his head tilted in a like, hey, everybody, I'm safe. In like all the health, on all the self help books that exist in the world for eternity. Uh, thank you for that. I, I'm gonna you know dive into that book, fans. And speaking about diving, hey-o, oh boy, hey-o. <laughs> you old soundcracker. So we had teased a couple of weeks ago after we'd watched the Batman that I had not seen Aquaman, and so we decided. Let's do it. We're talking about Aquaman. DC is still making headlines. Momoa was just in the Fast, the X's trailer. And we still had some time because Ant-Man comes out this week. We'll be doing Ant-Man next week. But we're going to talk about the 2018? I think that's right. Yeah, jeez. 2018 (laughs) film Aquaman starring Jason Momoa, Nicole Kidman, Amber Heard, and God damn it, if Tamura Morrison was not in this movie, which I did not know going into it. and Yeah, I forgot about it too. <laughs> I was like, that he, the movie opens and he's like, you know, Nicole Kidman's there and this guy catches her. He's got a beard and he's talking. And I was like, wait a minute. Is that, is that Tamora Morrison? Is that Temmo? Is that, is that Temmo? Is that is that my, my dream casting for Omega in live action? <laughs> live action. <laughs> in the flesh and it was and he was like de-aged too and i was like oh man okay and that was like oh it was such a treat uh before we dive into the dive in it's so hard to not say dive what was your like you had seen it before what was your thoughts after seeing it the first time what was your thoughts after watching it again and then we'll go about my takes and what i felt just my initial reaction to it I mean, I would have needed a rewatch anyway, just to just out of due diligence. But I, it was required because literally nothing stuck with me from this movie. I, mean, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, a positive, an over, an overall positive impression. I think from first watch, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I think I caught it on. I think I caught it on TV. I don't think I went to the theater to see it. It uh, and I have a much more nuanced overly general overall generally positive impression now but it um it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's a fine movie it's okay it's fine that's kind of like my take with it like there are some things with it that i think comparatively speaking to like other dc things such as black adam such as um the Justice League or Batman versus Superman. I feel like this kind of knows what it is way more. Absolutely. Way Absolutely. more than some of those other movies do. Like this movie is at like at times just like silly. Like it is just like, it is just like we got Nicole Kidman, like in a, in a fight with a trident with some weird looking space type people in the beginning of this movie with like DH Tamara Morrison. And it's just like, wow, this movie is starting at like, peak silliness but it's not trying to be anything other than that other than like it is, yeah we are going to be colorful we are going to be bright we are going to be uh a lot and we're just and that's what we're doing and it's just like leaned into it and it was comfortable with doing it it wasn't trying to 
Um, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to make do the dark version of that. And it wasn't doing that with, in a way that is like unself-aware. It was still pretty self-aware of what it was doing. I wrote in my notes that James Wan is the thinking man's Zack Snyder. Yeah, and I go. think that I think that part of that is like that that fight as you describe with all that silliness that's happening on the frame. They're also not doing it in the driving rain with color correction and like pulse pen. It's it's it knows what it is. It presents you something. So so you forgive all the other silliness, the the all the other goo that's unnecessary that follows throughout the plot of the movie. Like you forgive it because they're not trying to tell you it's something different. They're not trying to do the Zack Snyder. Oh no no no, this is serious because it looks serious kind of thing. It it, it yeah. It's, there's not people. The, there isn't a bunch of like slow motion looks off into the distance, and we hold on the person for three solid minutes while they're anguishing internally. Like, or we're not like someone doesn't you know pull their arm back to punch, and we have to wait four minutes for the punch to fully make its way to the front. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, we're underwater and you're in a space flying water ship and you're going to fly around and there's an underwater city and, and the the, hair is all over the place and it's, we're just happening. This is what's happening. The, the James Wan is, I mean, I don't, I don't know that he never did music videos, but I think it's clear that his facility with the language of film comes from film directing rather than short subject because he knows pace and theme and tone and, and visuals, frankly, in a way that other directors and specifically Zack Snyder, they built the whole damn operation around at one point. He's way more capable in the world of film overall than somebody like Zack Snyder. And I, I, I was just, I mean, it it is, he makes a movie that matches the man. I think, you you know, like it, it matches the wildness of the movie kind of matches the character that you're watching. And yeah. Jason Momoa himself uh, as a, as a person. That's, that's and, exactly what I wanted to kind of go next. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? No, no, no. That, I mean, that was kind of it. I, I think that it's, it's a, it, it shows a wisdom about, he shows, he displays a wisdom about the entirety of what a film is supposed to offer you, whether or not it's good. Because there's a lot of creative choices I kind of have issue with. Oh, me, t- I, me too. And we're gonna talk but, about them. <laughs> but it all, but it all, it all works within a theme and a tone in a way that's so much wiser than anything I saw from Zack Snyder. Absolutely, and I agree wholeheartedly. And what I was gonna say is that it is reflective of the character of of who Jason Momoa is, which is kind of what I want to talk about next. Which is like, you know, he has a much different take on this character than we've ever seen like growing up watching justice league as a kid, he was always this kind of Aryan <laughs> blonde haired, blue eyed guy. Well, and I mean, it, it really struck me that, that it is this new version of the character. Who's, who's one of his main villains. The person he has to defeat is a image of the old version of oh, the character that I truly, truly loved that. that casting Patrick Wilson, also a guy who gets it. He knows what he's doing. Yep. He's not like absolutely. He's not like oh, I'm I'm playing. This is my chance to get my Oscar because you know, uh, Heath Ledger got his doing Joker. So here's my t- no. He's like no. This is movie is ridiculous. I'm in a ridiculous movie. This is theater. I'm doing Phantom of the Opera. Like whatever. Like he gets it. But yes, totally. He is very much like like square jawed traditional person you would cast to play Aquaman in a vacuum. Now, I don't have any comics context. Is there any sort of context where 
Aquaman is played more by like a rock and I mean, for lack of a better word, like rock and roller type. The thing I love about Momoa is that he is Polynesian, has Polynesian roots and those cultures, as we've talked about with Avatar, which does it poorly, is like those a lot of that culture it comes from the water. The water is is a part of um, life. It's a the flowing of water is the, the flowiness of it all is connected. So I like that choice. I like him as an as a performer is kind of an interesting choice. But I don't know if there's any sort of comics connection to a character being played like that. So two things. Uh, they shifted Aquaman's character. They 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 basically kind of gave him a character at a certain point. He was injured by a villain. His his hand was eaten off, and he had a hook. He had like a harpoon. Oh, incredible! Uh, wow, for a hand, and was and he was a lot more gruff and gritty, and not so much the uh, the king or just kind of flat hero character. Um, and that's kind of been how he was. How I I don't know what he's like currently, currently, but for maybe ten or fifteen years, starting in the mid nineties, you 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 had that kind of a more gritty, rockin'y character. Still a white guy, still with blonde hair. Um, long I, long I, hair though. Long hair, yeah. Okay. And like there was a the version of the character first got his hand eaten off was just in like the Aquaman pants, shirtless, and then had the like literally just bandages and an old harpoon that they then <laughs> they then went and gave him like, oh, actually it's now somebody made something for him. So now it shoots a, a harpoon line and he can whatever. But um, <laughs> to me, casting Jason Momoa has this beautiful cascading effect that i personally have always wanted to incorporate into any of the work that i was doing creatively and i think should be incorporated more and is the true power of diversity casting when you do it well is like so okay we have this open casting call we want to go different we don't want the square jawed aryan blonde guy to be aquaman anymore we get this guy who represents a specific culture so we've got to get a another guy to play his dad who also shares that culture that's a great point and then and then Oh, uh, what are some aspects of your culture, Jason Momoa, that you can like credibly own and participate in on this movie that you would like to add into the portrayal of the character? Because, you know, God damn it, Aquaman is a proud Polynesian dude in this movie. He does some Polynesian shit in this movie and not in a way that that calls attention to it, but that just firmly establishes this person you're watching on screen, this mythical person as credibly and ownably. A Polynesian person, and I think that that's that's an incredible, uh, an incredible execution of of that mind toward casting that that approach of inclusion. Yeah, I I, I agree. I love that point you made about how because you're choosing to make him uh, by by basing off who he is what his background is and then casting his father accordingly. Like instead of just being like, well, his dad's now Costner or whatever, fill in the blank white guy actor. Like we need, we need somebody of, you know, of the same similar descent. And then you get to more Morris and more work, which we get, if we get him out in the public eye, it won't, it will make more sense when we cast him as live action Omega in star Wars. I- I did say I did say one early quibble like de-aged Tamira Morrison is the worst is the only bad Tamira Morrison and there's an asterisk in my notes indicating well until we get live action Omega Tamira Morrison that'll probably be a more upsetting and distressing version it's of him well said 
the de- the the de aging on him was he somehow looked more wooden and robotic than he did as a computer generated clone trooper in episode yeah, three. Yeah, that's why I was watching. Like, well, I couldn't even tell it was him. Like, it took him to be like of age to be like, oh, that's too. It just didn't. It looked really weird. Um, I will say though, as much as I I like Jason Momoa, I think he brings a good energy to the film. I it's funny to me that he is just basically. I always love when people get cast in movies and they're just like, I don't worry. I'll bring my own wardrobe. Like he's just wearing his own, <laughs> like at one point, like about halfway through the movie, he goes um, down towards Atlantis and he, um, it's like him, Amber Heard and Willem Dafoe. I mean, Willem Dafoe is in this movie. <laughs> Chef's DH, kiss Willem Dafoe. DH too. Like Willem Dafoe also knows exactly what's going on. Willem Dafoe is like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is like, I'm underwater and gobbledy, you know, goop. Guga, guga, whatever. Sure, here we go. My my name's Volko. Yeah. He, but at one point, like, they go into this, it's like an upside down pirate ship, and they go in, and they're, they're talking. And I was watching him talk, and, like, Momoa is wearing, like, a vest and pants, and then he has, like, a chain going from the pants to the wallet. And I'm like, why in the world does he yeah. still have his wallet chain in his pocket <laughs> when he's like on his way to Atlantis. Like what in the world? Like, but he was just like, Hey, this is where my wallet is. So I'm hey, going to, I want to go to Atlantis and lose my wallet. I'm going to wear it in the sea. <laughs> just like, all right, sure. Whatever. Like and there was, there was a couple of times where I was just like, I mean, he can have some wardrobe. He can't just like roll up or, or did they just be like, this is what we're thinking for your character. We're thinking like tight jeans and like a loose fitting kind of Henley. And he's like, Oh, I got that. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Or did they they pitch him his own clothes or did he just come in his own clothes? Like, how does that work with him? Like I, I, there was a part of me that I've I've thought that in my head. I was like, why, why does he have his wallet in his pocket? He's going underwater. Like the wallet is still wet. It's not like he, cause they all come out of the water and they're all, their hair is all wet. So they gotta be all soaked, you know? (laughs) So it's like, he he i think i think it it probably is a pretty hard to get jason to set sometimes but i uh, so so like you'll take him however you can get him but there might have also been without any malice or 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 forcefulness on anybody's part he might have just like during negotiations said like uh and i'm, I'm going to wear my own clothes and just walked out of the room and they were like oh i i guess jason's going to wear his own clothes like the like the snakeskin loafers i know and- <laughs> There was like, so like cool. he's just himself. I mean, like I like it works. Like to me, it's like it's not like he wear like his clothes are like you know. Uh, I'm insisting on wearing a polo ducked, uh, tucked into my Dockers. Like he his his choices are very specific. It's also hilarious. Which is the problem? Yeah, it's also kind of hilarious too that like I'm just thinking of now. Like by the way, person I in my head was like the only person I can really compare his clothes to were like he's, he has like a, he has like a Lenny Kravitz vibe, which is hilarious because he was Zoe Kravitz's stepfather for as long as he and Lisa Bonet were married, and so Lenny Kravitz is his. That's dad. right. So were they just like, hey, bud, like, like you know, it's the it's the you know it's the ex husband. And he and I are going shopping together. I would not be shocked because they do have a similar vibe. Yeah, that means, I actually. That uh, means that Lisa Bonet has a type. There we go. Well, uh, super handsome guys who probably have giant dingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I also think I think that <laughs> Jason Momoa's wardrobe consistently throughout the movie is one leather top hat away from being like a pickup artist yes. uh, costume. <laughs> 
like, like the guy from the VH1 Steve show. Or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, if he wore that like one of those stupid like cowboy like thin cowboy hats that every dork in Vegas was wearing for like five years straight from like 2007 to 2012. Yeah, if he had one of those on, he's definitely like guy trying to get you to like. uh Hey, like goes up to you and says like, Hey, nice hair. Is it real? Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of, that kind of joke. Like, Oh, I just, yeah. I just negged you. But I will say, I will say that something that really stood out about this movie to me is the visual aspect of it from sure. a design, Absolutely. art direction, all of that stuff. It is stunning. Every single aspect. And by the way, we get such a great hybrid of comic accurate and screen appropriate in our black Manta uh, Ocean Master and Aquaman costumes. They're so cool looking while being and, super comic accurate. Which I think works really well, except for, I'm sorry, Black, what what was his name? Black, I forget. Black the name. Manta. Black Manta's costume was a little goofy to me. And that was like, I know it was comics accurate, but for him to go like, it was literally like, there was too many steps in between that were skipped. It was like he was shown this laser by Randall Park, who can exist yes. in both exist in both uh universes um as Randall does Park show yes now he does yeah now that spider now that's uh, far uh, no way home uh but shows him this laser and he's like okay great and goes from showing laser to mantis head you know what i mean there isn't like there isn't like yeah. and it was only like one it'd be different if like the laser that he was shown had like two eyes and he was like oh that kind of looks like eyes you know what i mean it was just like one laser straight to manta I was okay, like, that's yeah, a, that's a bit of a leap, but yeah. whatever. He does well. No, they do show him connecting this very advanced uh, Atlantean technology to like an Acer laptop at one point to try and figure it out. So th- that actually brings up something that I thought like one of the problems with this is it if like if you're going to go silly and you're going to go stupid, you have to keep it simple. So absolutely, a hundred percent. When Ocean, when when Ocean Master opens that thing just show him a completed manta suit that's white and and then he gets a line with like i think i have a suggestion about the color and that's it you don't need like establish that he's technically capable some other way because it was that was one of the bigger leaps especially in how they detailed it like you could even have him come up in the the finished suit and just have him say i made a couple of alterations yeah no whatever but like don't 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 pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's a little like you didn't have to it it you, by making it like it was one of the conscious choices they made that pushed the silliness too far. Yes. So um, speaking of silliness and stuff like that, I do think you're right. There is like if you can go as you, you can go as goofy as you want. You just need to give like a little bit of a setup, in my opinion, to like. Which, like I said, it could be a sentence because what to me, the thing that I thought was just like kind of kept questioning the whole time. And forgive me if this is explained in Batman versus Superman, because it's not explained in Justice League either, is like it's it's a little unclear, like how powerful Aquaman yes. is, like or what specifically his powers are. Like we know that he can breathe underwater and swim fast and talk to animals but he's also like super strong and like it, there was just a little bit too much of like, I don't know you. I don't think I need like a full, like, you know, before Atlantis, those of the bloodline or, you know, I don't need like that. Just say one person just come in and have Defoe be like, 
while he's teaching him, these are the things you'll be able to do. You can do this, this, and this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I know, because it, otherwise it's like, what can you, because you can also like shoot up really high in the sky and like kind of fly for a little bit. I'm just like, but I, I need to have a little bit of sense as to how powerful he is because it, it really doesn't. It almost seems like he can do anything. Yeah, there's, I did notice that too on this watch. Like his, his strength they they've always done a good job of kind of proportionalizing his strength in the comics i feel like but there were times in this movie where he felt like a superman level character yes you know and maybe maybe they want it to be that to be the case but um that's never been his power scale in my experience with the character like sure he's you know you've you've got the the uh the logical elasticity of well he's he's meant to withstand the pressures of the deep ocean. So he'd be strong, durable and super strong, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff that happens is like, Oh, that seems a little much. And then yeah, he's, only, he's only half too. He's only half Atlantean. He's half human. So why would he be like the strongest Atlantean? <laughs> like I need, I mean, I need like some yeah. sort of like, it's just, it's all, it's a problem with, I think it's way more a problem in DC than it is in Marvel, but Marvel does have it with some of his characters too. Is just, you know, like I said before, it's power scaling. Like I need to, I need some sense as to like how powerful someone is. Cause the way this puts proposited, it's like Superman, Aquaman, black Adam are virtually like indestructible. <laughs> like they just basically are capable of anything and everything. And there's no limit. And I think what that, what makes it a bit of a detriment is because, it, it it doesn't it in terms of like raising stakes and heightening and towards the end of this movie you never at any real point towards the end of the film feel like that there's any you know what I mean you don't have the there's the final fight scenes have less weight because you've already established that Aquaman is like capable of anything so of course he's going to get out of this why of course like whatever it's the uh, it's uh, they call it plot armor right it's uh, he is exactly as strong as the narrative needs him to be yeah and um. And I, yeah, I think, but I also think if I can put the shoe on the other foot, Go there's the it. argument for the, the suite of powers. And so, yeah, let, let's just say that, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a head to head tussle, strength on strength, Superman and Aquaman are comparable, but Aquaman doesn't have super speed, which Superman in the DCEU has been established as almost as fast as the flash. Aquaman's not that he's got all the super senses and all that he can fly. So able to best Aquaman in a fight after, you know, after maybe a couple of blows landed easily. So yeah. give, give Aquaman the super strength, but it's also, and maybe that's what they were trying to do. Just establish, Oh, he is that strong. I get it. I just like, maybe because the well, you know what? And the thing we got from Marvel, you know, is civil war. And so we did get to see these people kind of fight each other. And I think with like the the characters that Marvel's been putting out and making movies about, like you know, with you know your Rhodes, your Falcon, your Ant Man's, these are characters that can get some licks in, but we can see them getting hit or like this 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 matchup is too is too one sided. Whereas in DC, it's like I don't I don't know I don't know like the pecking order because yeah you're right they make Superman a little bit faster than Barry. And so it's like, well, okay. So then why do we need the, why do we need the flash? If the, if Superman's as fast as him, why do we need him? Cause that's yeah. literally the, all the flash can do is run fast. So 
or not run fast, but like move fast. So whatever that means. And I think that's one of the strengths of the flash is that they've explored what that means throughout, not just running fast, but like what moving through space fast can achieve, hence time travel. Right. But like, well, the, 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 well, and I think, I think time travel is a feature of the source of the power. Superman can move, let's say Superman in a foot race can move as fast as the flash, but because he's not generating his power from the same place, he can't do extra dimensional travel. Like Superman runs fast because physically he can move fast. His I don't know. He, Superman, um, Superman can make content, can turn the, make the earth's access reverse itself thereby reversing time in a universe where the laws of physics work that way yes but i think the dc universe is now a place where you need access to the speed force the speed force you got to get into that speed force if you want to travel through time let's talk about which is how we gotta, which is how the flash gets fast it's how he gets fast it's the, it's the force of his speed um i want to talk about now for the next i don't know you got like 5 hours to kill Let's I want to spend. It. I want to talk about the hair in this movie. Like the the hair in this movie, and I'm talking about the underwater hair. And I want to talk about the <laughs> amount. Yeah. I had to look it up. First of all, I, I'm not quite sure where I want to start my thoughts, but I'll just go. I'll say I looked up to be like. I just typed in Aquaman hair underwater, trying to see. It's all done digitally. So at yeah. no point was anybody, and it was done digitally because they didn't want people to have to do scenes underwater, which I'm like, cool, I get it. And it is, at some points in the movie, so wildly distracting <laughs> because the hair, yes. like Amber Heard's hair, they got a lot of long-haired people and their hair is going everywhere while they're talking <laughs> And, and then, was and so then Patrick Wilson. Yes, that, and that's Patrick where I was Wilson's going next. That's hair, right. Yes, thank you. Which is which is slicked back and looks doesn't look like it's underwater, but looks wet underwater. You know what I'm but saying? Looks, and there's a little bit of movement to it. They put a little bit of movement to his hair because they can't just have it sit. Like it's not like he has like depth. You know, like whatever, like the Aquanet equivalent, the Atlantean <laughs> version of Aquanet in his hair. Like it's got to move. It's underwater. It's narwhal jizz. Oh, hey oh. Um, but they're paying somebody to like, you know, digitally make his hair move throughout this scene. And I just was thinking to myself, like, there's got to be a way to trim that budget down a little bit than just making everyone's hair flow to flip and flop around for yeah, I, two hours. I did. So um, this is a little bit of how the sausage was made for the uh, the listener. Do it. I recorded a secret episode of the show last week by myself in case uh, we were contractually obligated to broadcast an episode last week. Uh, it is a lost episode of fan-controlled fandom, but the main feature of the episode is my take on the Black Panther making of documentary that's just been released on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, I love I wish I'm, I, I have this episode, folks. I can listen to it. And so getting into some of the elements you wanted to talk about in the show notes here, I, appreciate, I went yes, over yes. a lot of the differences in the approach, the aesthetic and the exit and, and the outcome, the result of the underwater scenes between Aquaman and black Panther two. Now you got several years of special effects development in between those two things, but notably so much of what we see in Black Panther 2 is shot what they call in the documentary wet for wet, which is we're underwater. We've got cameras and scuba gear. They taught the cast how to deep, you know, like deep dive, hold their breath and free dive and uh, 
and then also were because there was so much footage that was taken underwater they had all of the resources and then the need to then take the stuff they shot dry for wet, which is where they try to simulate an underwater environment. They had to make that stuff match and they had the materials and the reference. And then, like, like I said, the need to make it absolutely match. And it's just executed so much better. I, I, I know that the, 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 the needs are different, the, the, the whatever, but it just works in such a better way. And the, the integration of dry spaces into the underwater world is integrated in, in a way that just doesn't seem convenient like it does in Aquaman. And I, I think it's just something that was pulled off so much better in Black Panther 2. Yeah, that's what I was, I put in the notes too about how after we've seen um, Wakanda Forever, and for me personally, after seeing that movie first and then comparing this, I do think like, uh, I do think, uh, yeah, Wakanda Forever has, and granted has had the time that it really, yeah, it really put, posits a more believable underwater world. It feels um, of its own space. It feels um, alive, whereas this still feels like silly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're still in silly yeah silly which i think they're just like well look this is the best we can do let's just lean into it and we'll just go hard you know i, I mean i think it, how because because namor is a is not the main character of the movie you don't have these protracted scenes that take place underwater between two characters that you need to have which aquaman does um you know, you have these, you can, you're introduced to the world of Talo Khan in Black Panther 2, first in a dry space in that world between uh, Suri and, uh, Shuri? Shuri and Namor. Um, so, I, you know, they have an easier time of it. So that just lends to the idea that their execution was better. I think it was more thoughtful. Um, but yeah, it, it, it. There's reasons to not draw comparisons, but there's definitely reasons to contrast the two. Yeah, I think so. Because I do think, you know, Wakanda Forever did have the opportunity to like see what uh, Aquaman was going to do. And they made made the choice to not um, have Namor, 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 Namor come from Atlantis, which he does in traditionally in comics. uh, It's where he comes from. So to make... Um, Talo Khan and make that specific. So they did benefit by having that. But uh, yeah, the hair though, I just was, there just was so much going on. <laughs> so much hair. Yeah. Stuff it, it's, and- it, yeah. It, it, but it like, yeah. What are you going to do? Like you've got these yeah. characters, these designs, these, the, the need to have them be underwater. I mean, the first time you see Jason Momoa as Aquaman in that little cameo, you, he, it's clear he's holding his breath. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but like, not, not in this. Is that Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice, or whatever? It's the it's the Batman show... v Superman. There was like a point where like we saw them all for like towards the end, isn't it? Like whatever they were like. Yeah, this yeah, person, and look... then there's this person, and it looks great, but he's clearly holding his breath, and that's a problem you deal with with underwater photography and all that. And and it's, I mean, yeah, they. I think it's in in our context, it's okay to pick these things apart. But I I I think generally, it's like they're to be applauded for what they were able to pull off. And then you know, what's it going to look like next time? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, that'll be 
That's, I mean, that's something we need to talk about is that, you know, this is, there is Aquaman 2. It is coming this year. It is, will be the kind of last of the um, DCEU films. They have said that Momoa is going to stick around as Aquaman so that he's not going away, which by the way, his name is Arthur, which is kind of hysterical. <laughs> like, Ar- well, he, based on who he King is. Arthur. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, it's, oh it's yeah, but but you look at, if you gave everybody in the universe a shot at guess, guessing Jason Momoa's name from just looking at him, nobody would say Arthur ever on a first oh, yeah, guess. Not no way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's great. Um, but so there, you know, I, I don't know. We we know that Ben Affleck is in his in his movie. Maybe they'll like. Maybe that's where they'll kill Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> so they can get a Finally. new bat- get a new Batman because the new are getting a new Batman. Like there isn't any space where they've said like, well, Ben Affleck's going to continue, and this like he's going to be in the Flash. He's going to be in Aquaman. Um, well, and, and if I can just kind of sidebar this, you know, one of the it. reference images they keep showing to to signal the relationship between the two characters in this new Batman thing. Uh, the image they're showing is of a Batman played by Dick Grayson. So is Dick Grayson going to be the new Batman going forward? Cause they said, we're going to get a new Batman, but not a new Bruce Wayne. Well done. Well, that's a very, very good point. Um, we get Joseph Gordon-Levitt come back and do it. He wasn't Dick Grayson, but I he was, I, he did, he did play. He was teased as being Robin at the end of the dark Knight rises. Do you see the face I'm making Kenny? I do. Nobody else can see it, but yes, there's a big real lip is upturned. Like someone farted. Um, before we I'm wrap giving up it the gas face, before we t- wrap up talking about Aquaman, a couple of things I want to hit here. Um, this, the music in this movie, just some oh, yeah. absolutely wild choices. I, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to find it all. <laughs> But the one there's that, some guitar stings that are very silly in the movie. Like, but even like some of the choices of songs, like there was like a remix version as like Black Mantis trying to make his suit, and it's like Depeche Mode. It's no good. I was like, wow, that's a that's a choice. Okay, sure. And there's like a Sugar Ross Sigur Ross song. There's a Pitbull song. There were just some choices that I was like, that doesn't really quite fit there, but. Hey man, you got you get the money from the the record labels. You got to put this in the movie, man. I think that I think I mean to me that stuff. As much as it might not have connected with me, seemed like a creative choice that fit within the kind of theme and tone they were going for. The 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 the, the motion picture soundtrack is also similarly ridiculous and you know screaming metal guitars and stuff like that but there's something there's something about the whole thing that feels very 80s movie sure yeah absolutely it not and not not necessarily amblin but like no more like red dawn i guess Ooh. not that i've seen that movie in 40 million years i'm but. sure it's horribly problematic now <laughs> but but like uh there, there's something yeah, just eighties ish about it. And I think that the guitar sting laden soundtrack and some of those, you know, other, you know, chosen music choices are very much in keeping with that theme. Now, again, not maybe my favorite part of it, but still like, okay, you're, you have an awareness, you're making a deliberate choice based on 
the other deliberate choices you've made. But you've, that, that's what we cannot fault this movie for is making choices. It definitely was like it knew exactly what it was trying to do and it leaned into it pretty hard. I also I wanted to ask, is there too much yelling in this movie? There seems there's like a lot of yelling. There's a lot of like screaming lines at each other. People in green screens just like yelling to nobody else because they're also in front of a screen screen and a lot of like yahoos and stuff like that. Yeah, just well, I think that it again it goes along with the exuberance of this movie. It's like a big fun silly movie like yeah, just hey everybody just scream at each other. <laughs> like you're also underwater, scream. So your your voice carries. Do you watch uh Foundation? On uh, Apple TV, it's the adaptation of um, Isaac Asimov's uh, Foundation trilogy or whatever. No, but I'll put it on my list. Oh, it's excellent. It's really good. It's super. We're going to, the second season's coming out in April. We're totally going to talk about it, and no one, everyone's going to hate the episode because it is hard, hard science fiction. But uh, Lee Pace is on it, and Lee Pace, and oh, they, they could not have cast it better. There's a scene where he plays basically these uh, kind of like an eternal character. Like when his, when the, the, they've kept his spirit alive, when the body dies, they have another clone ready to go. And they've kept this kind of ruler alive for hundreds of years. And um, there's this one scene where he's like talking to his subjects and he's just like screaming at him and just going like, just operating at like like a strange level. And then when you stick around for like the after uh, breakdown of the episode, he's like, "Yeah, I asked the director what he wanted, like how big I should go." And he was like, "I, I don't care, man. Go as big as you want." And I was like, "Yep, that's what you get. That's what he's getting." He's like, "He's like, you're an you're an eternal talking to like a goofy person or a groupy a group of people." 3,000 years in the future. I don't know. Go as big as you want. And he goes like, all right, great. I'm going to go really big then. And he does. <laughs> I love it. He's, a good, he, he's the kind of guy I would I would love to watch go big like Oh, that. he just, I mean, there is every single scene he's in, Alex. He is, I mean, no better phrase than just chewing the scenery. He is just reveling in every single word coming out of his mouth. It's a fantastic performance. And his case study of just like, he gets what's going on and he is just eating it up. It's it's a great, it's a great performance. Um it's very clear. Well, before we do winners and losers, we have to, of course, do is this Star Trek or Star Wars? Alex, is this Star Trek or Star Wars? Uh, I mean, Star Wars, but not, yeah. but not Star Wars. It's holiday special if it's anything, not, <laughs> and not in a, not, but not like, uh, not in a bad way. I mean, like in the in an enjoyable way, I guess. Like it's it's not. It's so not either one of those. It doesn't exist in that same in that well, same in that binary. I think it has the character kind of fun whimsy of a Star Wars, but it has the like real like goofy exploration into a uh, like civilization as a Star Trek would. Like you're not going to actually. See- you're going to see like those like Atlantean soldiers that come up onto the surface. That's very Star Trek. That's not a Star Wars thing, you know? And, and, and frankly, like we talked about earlier, the very deliberate 
decision to have the new image of Aquaman beat up the old image of Aquaman is very kind of like politically allegorical in the same way Star Trek sometimes tries to be. Okay. Absolutely. All right, okay. There we go. We hit it. You All pulled right. me back. Kenny, you pulled me back in. Very obvious who the loser is. This is a very clear one. Um, who's your winner for 2018's Aquaman? Uh, it's the Aquaman suit. Ooh, the, 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 when he officially, when he goes and recovers the trident and uh, uh, gets that thing. That's a good the one. armor. The, the armor. It is the cherry on top of the hold my root beer float that is somebody telling James Wan, you can't make an Aquaman movie. Aquaman's a boring character. And he goes, well, hold my root beer float with the cherry on top. That's the cool version of the costume. I think that, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. That was great. Uh, my winner is, and we haven't mentioned this, but now I'm just going to wedge it in here. Uh, Nicole Kidman, not in the beginning. There is a point where she goes away and then he gets to this mystical land and not Nicole Kidman, the product, the costume designer and the director and whoever convinced her that in act three of this movie, you're going to return and you are going to be dressed in quite possibly the most ridiculous costume you have ever worn in your career. She's made up to like some sort of weird crustacean type character. And then when she took her helmet off and it was Kidman, I was like, wow, kudos to that production team for getting her to put that outfit on and show up the set because that is incredible. No, actually, I think that was hers. I think in another, they were just like, oh, she just showed up in that. Like Momoa. She was like, Momoa can't, I can't, I have to outdo Momoa and like showing up the set in costume. That's Prada. And the the helmet keeps her, her brain blood fresh. Love it. Uh, obviously, this is a, this is a, <laughs> this is a water-based film. I mean, the biggest loser, of course, is Sam's boat. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. At this point, at, I mean, I know it's DCEU and so, there, and it's 2018. So Sam's boat, like wasn't even introduced in the MCU yet, but still the, you had the opportunity there. It wasn't in the MCU. You could, you could do it. It's, it, we got, we got water every way you can pardon my French fucking get it upside, downside in out, and not one nary trace of a trawler from Louisiana. I, you know, I just, I just have to say it's really dampened my enthusiasm for whatever's coming next in the DC universe. It really has. Uh, same. Uh, we are the day one boat stand Kings and we will never, boat stand we, Kings. we will never stop standing for Sam Wilson's family boat. Alex, do you have another ad read for yourself? Uh, I do. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, we have the third printing out now of my, uh, my inspirational book, the will to win lessons in leadership and life from a leader who's lived. And uh, just as a little, uh, a, uh, a, another excerpt I've chosen here to promote it. Uh, I spend as much time in the library as I do in the gym, but my IQ is bigger than my biceps. Lesson number 83, lift with your back. You don't want to blow out a knee. Also, never, ever eat horse. They're filthy hooved rodents. <laughs> There's a lot wrong there. There's a lot wrong there. You should definitely not lift with your back. No, 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 no. That's no, you definitely don't want to blow out a knee. So you live with your back. That's another, that's just another lesson in leadership and life from a leader who's lived. <laughs> and really diving in deep with the horse meat, too. There's a lot of horse. Don't eat horse. Stay away from horse meat. Just stay away from horses in general. I love it. Alex, got a game for me to play this week? We got another, it's, it's game time, baby. Game time. I do. What time I is do. it? It's game time. Alex, what game are we playing this week? It's called, it's, it's called, Who's the strongest? Ooh, um, okay. I, I, uh, it's a really simple little game, but I did find a graphic on Reddit recently 
that is uh, from, I think, the 70s or 80s, and it purports to show the relative power rankings this is what I want. of the various Marvel superheroes. That's what I want. I want power scaling, um, baby. This is all I want. So, so I want, it's just quick, I'm going to give you two characters, and, I've you and you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me who is on a stronger, who is, who's, who's stronger, um, Got and it. It, we're playing a quick game, okay? Love it. Let's go. All right. Namor versus Colossus. Ooh, I'm going to say Colossus. Namor. Are you serious? Wow, okay. Whole A whole level above him, dude. Okay. Silver Surfer versus Spider-Woman. Oh, crud. Um, Silver Surfer? You got it. Yeah, the power cosmic rise again. Hey, he is he is intergalactic, interdimensional. Luke Cage. Oh boy. Versus Ghost Rider. Oh, canonically, I would think Luke Cage is. It's a draw. They're on the same power level. Ooh, I did not. That is really interesting. If you're trying to tell me that Johnny Blaze, aka Nicholas Cage, is going to be on the same power as Mike Coulter, no, on, no, actually, no. actually, Nicholas Cage is on the top of the power ranking. Well, yes, the Hulk. Of course. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> but just him as a man, not you know. No, not Nicholas uh, Cage is Ghost Rider. Our our next our next question. Yes. Who's who's stronger? Hercules, Marvel's Hercules. Yep. Or the thing. Oh boy. Yeah, because I know we just saw Hercules as Brett Goldstein, which, good Lord, you don't do that casting. We got to put that man in something else. I mean, we, that's got to happen. You don't tease me, Brett Goldstein playing Hercules, and then that's it. Um, canonically speaking, most people don't know that Hercules was actually uh, in the um, Avengers, he was in the comics for a long time. He was a West Coast Avenger, West Coast too, Avenger, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, I actually think Hercules is stronger than, than the thing. That's right. Hercules is stronger than the thing. Yeah. And for your last question, okay. who's stronger, Spider-Man uh-huh. or one thing fart? <laughs> it's a lot of buildup for that joke. I love it. Um, I it's got to be one thing fart. That's got to be the weirdest thing. That's ever. true. That's the that's I mean, the stronger. That's stronger would, than everything. Yeah, the cosmic rays that turned him into a rock man also. T- made his gastrointestinal system, for lack of a better word, gross. <laughs> it's clobbering time. Also, does anybody have a gas sex or things are going to get really weird? It's clobbering time for my colon. I just had milk. <laughs> I, in, I indulge my, it's my cheat day, so I had a milkshake. So things, you're going to lose a depart, deposit on your apartment. <laughs> Alex, you got one more ad read for me. I do is again for my for my inspirational book, The Will to Win: Lessons in Life and Leadership and Life from a Leader Who's Lived. Beautiful. Um, another excerpt: Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but dinner is how you finish the day strong. Rule number one fifty: Seriously, stay away from horses altogether. <laughs> You'll get worms in your butt and brain. <laughs> not that's that, it. Not that you take ivermectin. No, that's you can't. No. Don't, don't even – that's to keep horses off of you. <laughs> get them horse worms out. Uh, before we get out of here, we do two more things. The first thing we do is Hoopla recommendations. Hoopla, of course, the uh, the app, the website lets you, you put in your library card. You can read comics on it. Alex, do you have a Hoopla recommendations for the folks this week? Uh Yeah, I wanted to generally recommend downloading Hoopla, um, yeah. but also – if I, I I have a sneaking suspicion of the part of the overall 
you know, Uber narrative approach to the new DC universe. And I think some things to look at would be the trade paperback or the collected edition of Infinite Frontier. Okay. Um, also, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Ooh. Ultimate Collected Edition. And uh, one more time for Doomsday Clock. That's what I was going to say for me, too. I am because I, you know, it's like they they just came out in the last couple of weeks. James Gunn talking about his Superman is going to be a big galoot who doesn't want to harm a single soul in the universe. So you're gonna you, you like to 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 see how a creative mind makes that subtle shift for an entire universe using that character as a, a searchlight for it. I think Doomsday Clock is a really uh, uh, it deserves more attention than it gets. Yeah, I'm currently making my way through. That's my recommendation as well. I'm still making my way through it. It's great. It's really, really good. It's basically after the Watchmen, the Watchmen and the DC main DCU timeline are separate. And then uh, they find a way to merge. And it's very fun. And it's very fun. I really, really enjoy it. Um, Now this is time where we ask what our dogs thought. What did your dog, Alex? think of aquaman i I'll, i gotta tell you millie could not take her eyes off the screen when jason momoa was up there he's dreaming um you know little whimpers she would she would slowly subtly just kind of nibble at a little toy uh you know i think i think she's gaga for jason momoa i think we all are gaga for jason momoa my dog again didn't even leave the bedroom while watching it so she is still still trying to find something for her that'll really get her to tap in i'm hoping that mandalorian season one and she'll see that grogu on the screen and she'll think like "Ooh, that's a toy i want to eat so maybe that'll get that going <laughs> Um, <laughs> that'll squeak yeah alex uh where can the folks find you slash not find you uh probably in a pile of freshly raked leaves once the season's appropriate i like to spring out of those at people a, yeah um, it's your calling card yeah in my in my home and duke underscore midnight m-i-d-n-i-t-e just search that and wait there and i'll i'll do something there at some point yep uh, me kenny g stevenson on tiktok twitch uh, I'm letterboxed. Find me on, I'm loving letterboxed. I've been watching all the SAG award nominated movies and giving all my takes on them, which is most of my takes are that are, why are these movies nominated for, for, for title? Oh my God. The whale. Hoof. Yeah. Hoof. They, I, I, they're, they're getting nominated for trying to make you sad the hardest. Yeah. It's like an AI robot watched a bunch and they told it like, write an Oscar movie and it wrote the whale. And that's what the whale is. Um, but I'm there. I love it there. Find me there. Um, Alex, we'll be back next week after we have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, which is getting terrible reviews. So I don't care. I don't care either. We'll see. Uh, Jonathan Majors is supposedly good, but we'll have all of our takes next week. But thanks for listening this week, everybody. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Hey, did you have trouble maintaining an erection during The Whale? Because I sure did. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about it later, okay? Everybody, thanks for watching. Bye. 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 Listen with your ears. Watch it with your ears. Bye. Bye.